You're listening to the Utah Checkdown Podcast. And now your hosts, Josh Furlong and Robert Jackson. Welcome back to another edition of the Utah Checkdown Podcast. I'm Josh Furlong, joined today with Robert Jackson. And also we have again with us wide receiver from the University of Utah, Solomon Enos. What's up, Solo? What's going on? How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing well. We're, yeah, we're doing great. We're How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What was, what was it like to go back home? I, you know, I know you get back there, but like, what's it like to always play a game there? Uh, man, you know, I haven't been home since March, I believe. So right when I got off the plane and I kind of seen the the surroundings and everything, I, like how familiar I am with it, I kind of missed it, you know? Uh, you know, it's always good to go home and play in front of my friend, uh, friends and family and stuff like that. Getting tickets was crazy because you know how that is going home, especially for my last season. But, you know, it was good to see everyone there, especially after the game, Um, you know, and, you know, coming out with a W, in ASU Stadium, you know, it, it was a good time. Do you guys get opportunities to spend time with family when you go home? Like, does any players, like, before games or after? I know it's kind of regimented, or how does that work? No, we're just there for business, and we squeeze family time in when we can. Uh, you know, we're there to win the game, and whatever comes with it, it's extra on top. But, you know, our, our main objective is, you know, get in, win the game, and get out. You guys did that. Now that you've had a, <laughs> now that you have a chance to watch film, how do you think you did? Uh... You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I was, I, I'm pretty disappointed with how I played. Uh, you know, I didn't feel like, I feel like I played good overall, but uh, those two drops really hurt. Um, you know, I, I take pride in, you know, catching the ball and, you know, being that all around receiver and stuff like that. And, you know, when we get out the opportunities, we got to make them. And, you know, we always ask for the opportunities and, you know, when it comes, we have to show up and, you know, I, like I said, I didn't play that bad of a game overall, but those two those two catches made my game. I think you know it. It doesn't sit right with me. I had one day to myself to get over it. Um, you know, now we're looking on the Oregon State, but you know, it's just it's a learning experience. You got to grow from it, and uh, you know, you got to be better from it. It's, it. You know, it's just adversity. It's nothing new to what we go through. And, you know, it's not how you sulk or anything like that. It's how you respond to it that's really going to make you the best player. So you know, I'm just gonna prepare a little bit more than. I did last week, and uh, you know, hopefully the outcome's better this week. That's that's got to be hard though. To like each game, you're kind of diagnosing what you're doing, right? I mean, I, is there anything you feel like you can do different in those scenarios? I mean, knowing that it's just an opportunity, right? You you miss an opportunity, you you, you try again, or, or or how do you kind of internalize that and, and move forward? Yeah, I mean, it's just accepting what happened. You know, you can't really make excuses for it because, um, you know, my crow route that I dropped, I could have caught that I had two hands on it. You know, I, I got open on the route. Cam put a good ball out there, and I just missed it. The second one was really bad. That went straight through my hands. But, you know, it's just like little details. You have to look the ball in, follow it all the, all the way through, especially running across the middle. Um, you know, it's nothing about getting hit or anything like that. It's just, you know, having that separation, you got to make sure you see the ball instead of running without the ball first, you know. And, uh, you know, little things like that. So throughout practice, just making sure that those little details add up because those are big when everything's going faster and faster and faster, you got to make sure those little details are perfect because everything adds up in the end of it. After that, uh, do you go up to Cam and say, Hey, sorry, that was my bad. I'll get you next time. Or, I mean, how does that work? Uh, yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is I know, um, 
you know, I know how this offense works. And like I said, you know, we want those opportunities and, you know, the margin for error is just, you know, how that is. So when that happens, you know, I, I, I'm just like, keep slinging them. If it's not to me, keep slinging them. You know, we got other guys that can catch the ball. Um, yeah, just don't let me mess up your flow. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's nothing, anything like that. We got guys that can get the job done. And that night, I just, you know, I had opportunities. I capitalized on some of them, some of them I missed. Uh, but, you know, Cam's a good player. He's a leader. He, uh, he's going to shake back no matter what. And at the end of the day, he's a dog, too. So he's going to go get it. And he still has trust in all of us. That that obviously, you know, you talked about the, you know, the different people that are able to catch it and do different things that way. You guys obviously lose Brant Keithy for the season. That's a big blow. He's somebody that's been uh, really consistent for you guys over the years, and, and he's obviously been Cam's, you know, one of his favorite targets. But what does that do to see a player like that kind of go down? I know, like, it, it's hard each season to see injuries. It's part of the game. You guys all understand that. But how hard is that just to kind of see that mid-game and then still keep going? Yeah, you know, it was it was tough. Uh, I didn't really see what – so. I was on the field when it happened and I was watching him run the ball and I seen him get hurt and I didn't see like how it happened, you know, because the guy tackled him, whatever, whatever. And just, you know, helping him off the sideline, you could just feel the frustration and all that. And, you know, it sucks. It's devastating in my opinion, just because, you know, I've been with Brent since I've been here since 2018 and, you know, like he's one of my closer friends on the team and stuff like that. You know, and you hate to see somebody go out like that. Yeah, injuries happen, but like, especially with Chris Curry too. I mean, both those guys when both when it happened to both of them, it's like, man, these guys work so hard day in day out. They mean so much to this team. And the thing that I appreciate the most though is he was he still had a smile on his face. He understood what happened, but you know he he's just staying positive through it all. You know, and uh, you hate seeing people go out like that, especially Brant. I mean, we all know Brent. We know how important he is to this team. But, you know, especially him as a leader as well. I'm glad that he's still in positive spirits, even going through this situation. But, um, you know, we're, we're brothers. We're going to have each other's backs no matter what. And I'm glad that he's having a positive mindset. But, man, yeah, it, it hurts a little bit. But like Utah says, next man up. And not in a sense of replacing him, but we definitely have a, we have a role to fill. And uh, we got to step up and own that and, you know, produce like he was doing. But I guess I don't know how to kind of move forward with that, right? Because I, in in some respects, it's like you you, yeah, you, you the next man next men mentality, right? Like that that obviously makes sense and it works. But it, it's tough to lose a guy like that, right? It was somebody that that is so productive, um, and, and so it's hard to be a, you know to look at the positives from that and be able to move forward. I mean, but are there positives on your guys' side? Not not obviously that he got injured, right? I don't, I'm not saying that. But are there positives from where you can kind of move forward with that? Like, is, does this open up the offense more? Does it uh, give another guy an opportunity that you feel like has, you know, like a Thomas Yasman who has, you know, is just, you know, where he is because he's got two guys in front of him that are talented. Like, what, what do you kind of see from that kind of stuff? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, just like everybody in practice, everyone takes reps. So, you know, Brand gets reps, Dalton gets reps, Thomas gets reps. Everybody gets reps. So it's it's on the guy that's taking those reps to know what he's doing. You know, and, and yeah, Brant is a, a focal point of our offense, but these are the cards that we were dealt. So it's like, now what? Are we going to, you know, clam it up and just hide in our shell? Or are we going to, you know, reach out, branch out, and start figuring out how to make sure that we could put the right people in the right positions to make up for that? And then some, you know, and it's just, I think everyone, I think 
Thomas Yasmin, I mean, he's had a this year, especially he's had a good camp. He's had good practices overall. Um, Lanier McLean is still in that room. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got guys. I I think we should be fine. You know, not in the sense of, uh, oh, Brant's hurt, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're going to definitely miss him. But we should have guys that are ready to go and to step up into that role. And even if it's tweaking the little things that Brant did to make sure that whoever's hopping in it can benefit and, you know, at a positive rate of what they can produce for the team, you know, we're going to have to do that. I mean, we it's either hopping in 11 uh, personnel, hopping, staying in 12. You know, we got guys, J.D., Vele, uh, you know, we, we have people that are ready to go. We got young guys that are ready to go. And, you know, we got to make sure they're ready and put them in a position to be sex, uh, successful for this team. Do you see any similar? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do you see any similarities between what Arizona State does on defense and what Oregon State will potentially bring on Saturday? Um, you know, I haven't really watched much film yet, just because of the beginning of the week. But I think Oregon State's probably going to play us more man and and cover four. Um, ASU mixed it up a little bit more. Um, I guess you could say there's some similarities, but you know, looking at personnel is kind of different as well. Um, you know, we have to sit down and, you know, everyone plays different. You know, everyone's mentality is different. You know, Oregon State's a good team. Uh, Nail-biter against USC. I think they're going to be definitely ready to go this week. So, you know, we're just going to prepare every day and make sure that, you know, we own what we got to do and play Utah football. And, you know, when we roll in there Saturday, hopefully come out with a W. And, you know, I, they're a really good team, and I know they're going to show up. I, I have to admit that in that Arizona State game, the, the moment that I thought you guys were going to win, and I, you know, I thought going into the game you guys were going to win. I didn't, I didn't think Arizona State had anything that could combat what you guys had. But I think it was that first series that they had, and your defense was out on the field, and you, you guys get a tip pass, and then you get back-to-back sacks. And at that point, it was just like, this is over. I mean, they, you know, that defense was, was dominating. They were doing a great job. Are there moments in games where you just can kind of feel – okay, this is ours, or how, how, how does that play out? Is it so hard to kind of see where you're at, especially if you've got different assignments going on or different things that you have to do? It's kind of hard cause just because how crazy college football is. I mean, anything can happen in college football, honestly. Like, it could be five minutes left in the game, and you're up two scores, and then there's 30 seconds left, and now you're trying to catch up and win the game. You know, you, you've done seen it all, all over the place, but... uh you know, especially against ASU, we were in our, our meetings yesterday, and I, I saw that on the screen that uh, our defense held them to six rushing yards, I think. Yep. Like, how ridiculous <laughs> is that? Like, I looked at RJ because we sit next to each other. I'm like, I just said, damn. Like, <laughs> y'all was going crazy. Like, you don't see it until after the game because you're so locked in on what you have to do. But when you look at the stats and analysis and stuff, you're just like, damn. But... You know, they were definitely balling on Saturday and so many takeaways. And, yeah, I mean, they were. it's amazing. It's fun to watch the defense ball out, you know, because, I mean, obviously when offense ain't on the field, defense is on the field. So when I'm watching them and I'm seeing all these big plays and you get a – you see Clark with a pick, you grab your helmet, run out because, you know, offense is going on the field. You know, it's, it's good to see when everyone's just clicking and having a good time and just balling out, especially like Cole Bishop's hit. Uh, RJ Strip, that, that was insane. You know, just stuff like that just brings energy and juice and – I don't know. I they definitely ball it, but uh, you know, I think college football is just it's you never know what you're gonna get. It's so crazy. It, tides can flip back and forth no matter what. 
I have to imagine that the you know that big team room that you guys have when you guys are watching the film back. That's got to be a pretty hyped opportunity to kind of sit there and and just kind of cheer on your teammates. Now that you're actually getting to see the game that you're playing in and, and being able to see that environment, that's got to be a lot. Of, like you watch Cole just destroy Emory Jones and just like lay him into the ground. I mean, that's got to be like a moment that just you guys all celebrate. I don't know what's it like. Yeah, so team meetings we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but we have our, our little highlight clips. So like. A coach will come down and do offense, come down and do defense, and come down and do special teams. And it's just juice, just screaming. Coaches getting fired up. Players in the auditorium getting fired up. And it's just, you know, just celebrating everyone's plays. You know, I think everyone takes pride in that. It's just, why not? Like, you see someone dogging the guy in front of them. It's just, like I said, it's just energy. It just, it's laughter. It's, it's just funny, and it's a good time. And, you know, I think, you know, that's a good way to close the week off from, you know, the previous week and then that gives you energy and momentum flowing into the next week when we have a big practice like today and you know rolling through and getting ready for the game on saturday do you prepare so this game coming up against oregon state is at noon we were talking about that before we started our podcast do you prefer the night games where it's under the lights or do you prefer kicking off earlier in the day and not have to sit and think about it all day Okay, I'm not going to pick one or the other, but I'm going to say this. So when we play in the afternoon, I like it because we're not waiting around all day to those 8 p.m. kicks. But when it's the night kickoffs, like you can tell the environment's crazy because, I mean, people have stuff to do during the day sometimes. So like at night, everyone's like, oh, we're going to a Utah football game. Like, and you're there. Like, that's how you're going to wrap up your Saturday night. So and day games. You know, we still have fans coming out, too. And those are, you know, what I'm saying those are still, you know, popping. Everything's fun there, too. I think that's just the two biggest things. It's just the day games. You're not waiting around in your hotel room. It's like eight. But on night games, it's just like everybody, you know, everybody's going to be there. So I can't pick one or the other, but I'm going to say that for those two. What what do you do in that wait period, right? Like, I mean, I know you guys have your team walk and you're doing different things that way, but do you just sit there and watch college football? Do you try not to watch anything? Like, what what's kind of your routine, let's say, for an 8 o'clock game? Yeah, so wake up, you walk, a whole bunch of meetings, um, get a little stretching and stuff like that, and then we have, you know, breakfast and then, like, a little snack in between or whatever. Uh, and then we have some downtime depending on what time we play. It could be three hours, four hours, two hours, just up in our rooms. So I usually, my routine is after that, I just go up and try to take a quick power nap. And then I wake up, shower, and then we go straight down to pregame meal. A couple more meetings from there, and then we just head to the stadium, and then, you know, it's, it's all business from there. So really, you don't want the the late kicks just because you're done with meetings, is that right? <laughs> yeah, well, me personally, I just, not that I, I don't want to say I hate the meetings, but I just want to play. Yeah. You know, like you prepare all week and you're just you're getting closer and closer, but you still feel like you're being held back. So I think that's just the thing for me. I just I I just want to play like I just want to wake up on Saturday and just play. You know, I I love Saturdays, especially here at the U and, you know, the fans in the stadium. I just love it so much. I just want to wake up and play right away. Just wait till you get to the corporate world. Then you have to have meetings about meetings about meetings. And then it's just. Oh, God. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. We're going to have a planning meeting to uh, plan for this meeting that we're going to prepare for. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, man. No, are, are, do you listen to are you at um do you listen to music while you're stretching getting ready on the field or do you like just hearing the ambient sound of the stadium or are you a rock and roll kind of guy hip-hop rap what's kind of your uh what's on the headphones of Solomon Enos? 
Yeah, I would. Well, I try not to get too overhyped during warmups and before the game. I, I don't try to burn extra energy that I need to. Uh, but definitely when the headphones are on, a more of hip hop rap. And then if I'm getting a little bit too turnt, I'll probably play like something more mellow. Celine Dion, uh, right? Huh? Celine Dion, right? <laughs> I don't even know who that I is. I know you're too young for that, man. Oh, man. Now I've aged myself. <laughs> <laughs> you do that to yourself, not me. I know. Oh, uh, so. No, I probably just hip hop and rap, honestly. And then while I'm chilling, like right before I go back in, I'll pop my headphone off and just, you know, kind of listen to the stadium just to like relax and, you know, be where my feet are and just take in the moment. But yeah, right before we come out, it's just headphones on the whole time. Like now I'm getting in that zone, you know, but yeah, I'm probably just hip hop and rap type of guy. I only listen to country on the weekends. <laughs> that, that sounds funny. I only listen to, it's like a, a hidden secret or something, right? Yeah. People always clown me for it, but I love it. I'll be in my Jeep windows down, bumping country music on those freeway drives. Who's your country so, guy Who, or girl, I guess. What, what What's your favorite? Uh, ooh, that's tough. Let me look up. Actually, hold on. You're you're bumping Dan and Shay out there. I know it. No, yeah, I, <laughs> nope. I listen to like a couple guys only, like George Strait. Okay, Alan Jackson, the classics. I like it. I like yeah, it. like yeah. I mean, I get a little bit of Luke Bryan in there. Um, <laughs> Josh Turner, Luke Combs. When I feel like I want to get like crazy but no yeah that's that's pretty much it i mean i can go through my whole playlist but i'm not going to hey, your dad was an nfl guy do you do you sit and watch some nfl games on on sunday are you watching the bears or the the browns which he played for do you have a different team that you, you kind of keep tabs on uh i i was a seahawks fan until russell wilson left i'm still debating on my support but um Honestly, I haven't been watching NFL football lately. I try to catch games, but either I'll be so wrapped up with homework that I can't get to it or uh, practice or anything like that. But sometimes I catch highlights. Um, but like I wanted to watch the Giants and Cowboys game last night, but I had class till nine. So I got home around 930 and it's pretty much wrapping up by then. So uh, I would say I was a Seahawks fan. I think I still am a Seahawks fan, but I don't know. I don't I'm not really... I just love watching the game. I'm I'm not really like a diehard like go Hawks or something like that, but I just I like watching certain players as well. Do you, Do you feel like it's it's funner that way to be able to watch different players or or people that you've you've played with or alongside? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, I've definitely met a lot of people that are in the league now that I love watching. Like it's it's crazy just to see them, especially when I went to the opening, meeting people, and uh, now they're in the league and stuff like that. Uh. And playing against people, too, you know, from the Pac-12 and other schools. It's just crazy seeing them in the league, especially when they do good and stuff like that. It's like, damn, I went against this guy, and now look where he's at, especially when I was younger playing against them. So it's like it's a surreal moment. Like, it's it's like because everyone wants to play in the league, but, like, you're right there. Like, you're about to step into it. But, like, I mean, obviously, there's got to be circumstances and stuff like that that puts you in that position. But it's crazy to think, like, you're almost to where you want to be. And then, you know, like, for example, Covey and how everything's going on with him right now, you know, him making the team and then him having the whole crazy parking situation going crazy. It's just like last year he was just in the, the receiver room with us 
you know, joking, making plays and stuff like that. It's just, it's crazy and surreal to see people take that next step and, you know, accomplish their dreams. That has to be really fun. I mean, I think if for me, like, I don't really care about, you know, a specific team or anything like that. I like to watch uh, specific players, and I think it's kind of fun. We all for know me. you're a huge Cowboys fan. Well, Come okay, on I am a Cowboys fan, so th- that is my girlfriend that. is too. So I am sorry. Tell her I'm sorry. We're we're. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I think for me, like it, it it's fun to kind of see you guys as you guys advance into the NFL, right? Like and be able to say like, look, I've I've covered him or I've seen him play live or like I think those things are kind of fun for me to be able to to experience that because it's like. It's not that I have a personal connection or anything that way, but I think it's just kind of cool to see you guys succeed, right? And and just take it from where you're at and seeing all the local athletes here being able to be successful in in the league. I think I think that's fun. I think mm-hmm. uh, th- that's got to be kind of a like you said, a surreal moment to be able to to see your friends and and people that you've gone up against. So that's pretty cool. No, definitely. So what what are you uh, what are you preparing for on this this Saturday? I mean, like, are you guys expecting them to to come out like? like they were last year? I mean, what do you kind of feel like this vibe is going to be like on, on Saturday? I think it's going to be a good game. Like I said earlier, I think they're going to be ready. Uh, last week it was a nail-biter with SC. Um, I just think they're going to be ready. And, you know, they're, I mean, their defense they've had for a minute now. They return most of the people on their team. So I think it's just going to be a good team, good environment, good game. Um, so we got to be on our A game and make sure we take this week and seriously prepare for it you know we, we can't waste days this week um you know and then like i said we just got to play utah football you know we got to play how we play and play up to our standards and expectations and you know handle it on saturday and you know go from there do you feel like you guys have have reached those expectations yet do you feel like you've got a lot more to go i feel like we are almost there i feel like not in a sense of like there's more to go but we're so good that well, I'm not, that sounds horrible. We're so good. <laughs> I think we have so much potential that we haven't reached yet. That's the best way to say it. And I think every week we're climbing more and more to that. You know, I think the best way to say it is like you get better as you play. So I think, I think we're climbing as we go on. Disregard everything I said earlier. That sounded horrible. I'm glad I corrected myself. <laughs> but I think, you know, we're starting to get up and get momentum and Everyone's getting better as the games go on. I mean, what is this, week five now already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's flying by. So, you know, I think everyone's really getting into the swing of it, the motion of it, and, you know, I think we're getting mom- a momentum behind ourselves. It, just real quickly, you, the, this next four-game stretch, uh, just on paper, looks brutal. Like you have Oregon State at home, at UCLA, home against USC, and at Washington State. Is there how, – how do you <laughs> – there's no weeks off is what I'm trying to say. How do you prepare for that mentally and physically when you know the, this next, I mean, I guess you do have a bye week before the last one of Washington state. How do you prepare for that mentally? Just that knowing that these next four games is going to be such a grind. You just got to take it one day at a time. I think, I think you can't look too far ahead because that's when you start getting overwhelmed and start assuming stuff, you know, start thinking too much. I think if you take it one day at a time and handle it week by week, that's, that's the best solution i mean it's a it's a marathon it's not a sprint you know and i think you know if you take it day by day make sure you win each day each and every day and take each day as it comes i think that's the best solution and scenario for you to have the best outcomes if you look too far ahead then you start forgetting where you're at in the moment and then that's when stuff starts creeping up and taking you out that you didn't expect to so i think one one day at a time uh rep by rep practice by practice and we'll just we'll be we'll be just fine 
Well, awesome, man. We appreciate you coming on each week and uh, chatting with us. We look forward to seeing what you guys do on Saturday in the day game. So that's got to be a fun environment. Uh, it's homecoming, if I don't, if I am not mistaken. So does does that even mean anything to you guys? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean, right? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's another game that we have to win. It's a, it's a business trip. Is is a this is a production business, and you know we got to go out there, do our job, win the game. And everything else that comes with it is a, is a cherry on top. Sounds perfect. So well said. Well, I uh, we appreciate you, uh, and we'll check you out uh, uh, another time, and, and kind of get your insight. We we always appreciate it. I think you gave give some great feedback. We've we've gotten some good feedback from fans that that like what you've been able to say and kind of peel back the curtains a little bit. So uh, happy to have you on anytime, man. No, I appreciate it. And all, to everyone listening, I appreciate the support. Continue to support Josh and Rob, and uh, you know they're great guys, and keep supporting the podcast and. You know, I appreciate it and hopefully see y'all next week. Have right, a good best one. Best of luck. All right, see y'all. All right, see y'all. It's always a great opportunity to talk to Solo. He's, he, he's got his uh, – he got things figured out. and he, I, I feel like he, he approaches the game in a way that is uh, uh, balanced, right? Like he understands the, the bigger picture of things and he understands that this is just a game. But also this is life, right? I mean, this is exactly what he's doing. He's, he's worked hard to be able to be here and – um, you know, it, he's, he doesn't shy away from the fact that, you know, he, he made some mistakes on, on Saturday and, and obviously he wants those back. One of them resulted in an interception and I'm sure that's, that's frustrating as a receiver to, to let your quarterback get that. So, uh, it's, it's good insight. I mean, I think that's, that's great to be able to hear from him and, and, you know, the responsibility that he takes there. And I think that's what makes him probably one of the, the better leaders on the team of, of just being able to see what, uh, you know, what he's, he kind of processes as he, he goes through a game like that. I, I don't know. Is there anything different you, you took away from that, Rob? Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's just a seasoned veteran, right? He's been around the program since 2018 and you could, you could hear it in the, his responses where it's, it's one game at a time. And then it's easy for us as fans to look at the, the next four games and think, man, this is, this is overwhelming. Like, I, how do you, how do I mean, the, the first four games he had Florida, but then you had, you know, three, um, three opponents that, you know, were on paper at least weren't going to uh, challenge you. You know, granted, you know, Arizona State's preseason um, predictions were a little higher than they've ended up being, and they've gone through a coaching change, and San Diego State beat you last year. I get that. But these next four games, based on the performance of how they've played throughout the season, are, are, are going to be a challenge. Like that, uh, I, I going into the USC-Oregon State game, I didn't know – or think that there was a team in the conference outside of Utah, perhaps that could really slow down that Lincoln Riley led offense and Oregon state found a way. And if not for, you know, uh, some fluky, not fluky plays, but some, you you take away three, three plays in that game and Oregon state wins. Well, they had Um, four interceptions that USC picked off. I mean, think, think if that, you know, you cut that back by two, I mean, maybe Oregon state's a little bit closer. So Right. So I I feel like it's going to be a tough challenge ahead, especially with the, the Brent Keithy news and, he was just such a a huge threat. And uh, one of the criticisms that you could say of, of Cam Rising is that he's kind of locking into those tight ends. But if you have those tight ends on your team, of course you're going to be throwing to him every time because it's such a mismatch, right? So um, having uh, Dalton, Kincaid, I, everybody else's roles are going to have to step up, Solomon's included, right? Like if you're on the offense, off, offensive side of the football, suddenly your responsibility just got – bumped up a little bit because of having to fill in those shoes and you're not going to fill them in a hundred percent, but everybody else is going to have to step up a little bit. And 
especially against the tough Oregon State defense that they, they beat you last year. That was your lone conference loss. So uh, a little bit of a revenge on the, on the minds of Utah, but uh, you know it's a good opportunity. I feel like for everybody involved to to kind of step in. You, you hate to see injuries and you hate to see those kind of things happen, but I think it, for everybody else on the team, like hey, it's next man up, and what can I do? Um, what can I do to kind of help to help the team win? I mean, that's the ultimate goal there. Yeah, absolutely, and that's kind of where they have to be, right? They have to focus on that and. You know, we'll we'll talk about Oregon State's preview and, and different things that way later in the week and, and, and try to get some insight on that. Um, but I, I guess I want to ask you, kind of as we recap this a, a little bit more, was there anything that you were able to take away from that game that maybe changed your opinion about this Utah team for good or bad? So, I, yeah, I would say for sure. So I didn't think Arizona State ever really gave up in that game, and I kind of saw them rolling over after – you know, Utah may have, you know, gone up 14 nothing. Arizona State fought until the end. And so credit to them for uh, continuing to fight. And that's uh, probably a lot due to their new interim head coach kind of instilling that in his players. Like, hey, we may not win, but we're going to fight until the end. So credit Utah for continuing to compete. Uh, Utah's offense was able to get off to a faster start, largely due to the way that their defense played. Like, like you said, they had the tipped pass and then two straight sacks to open up the first possession and gave their offense good field position on their second possession, which they were able to convert into a touchdown. So I feel like uh, the, the lingering woes of the slow start kind of got off their back. If going forward, I would say, what developed into a concern was more of the red zone offense and not being able to punch in, you know, second and third and short. And you could look at, well, you know, Tavian Thomas wasn't playing in the first half due to uh, a coaching decision. So that's uh, is something that when you don't have your best players out on the field for whatever reason it might be, that could lead to some inefficiencies. Um, Utah could have done a little bit worse in the red zone had uh, Dalton Kincaid not made a tremendous <laughs> catch off this, off of his helmet. So let's be honest there. So um, I, I liked the aggressiveness that Kyle Whittingham took on offense. Um, and I think that when you have the full complement of running backs, uh, that the offense will look a little bit different. But uh, you lose you lose Keithy, and that's just such a huge um it's a huge thing and that's something that you utah will have to adjust going forward defensively i don't know if utah could have played any better um i mean outside of two kick returns on special teams utah was lights out on defense i i mean what are your impressions there yeah no i think that that was my biggest impression leaving that game is just how dominant that defense was and i i understand that arizona state's going through their things and um, I don't think this is how the, the season is going to be every single week for the Utah defense, but I think you, you're, you're finally starting to see what this defense was expected to be, right? Like, I think when we went into that Florida game, we were kind of expecting them to be good. Um, we didn't know what they were going to have, especially at linebackers, simply because, you know, you're, you're replacing, you know, Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell, but you're, you're starting to see these guys really develop in their positions. You've got Lander Barton, who looks not like a seasoned vet, let's say that, but you know, he's, he's coming in there and he's, you know, really talented. He's able to get to the quarterback fast. He's, he's good in coverage. Um, he's been able to do exactly what they want him to do. 
And you're starting to see this defense really just wreak havoc on opposing teams. You know, it was easy to see against Southern Utah or San Diego State, who are teams that should um, be, be uh, you know, pre- are, are not going to be able to, to combat Utah's defense. But in Arizona State, where they're, you know, they're recruiting Power 5 guys, they're, they're a team that has always kind of been a physical team, not, not to the levels of Utah, but they, they pride themselves on physicality. That was a good test. I mean, the fact that you held them to six yards rushing offense, like that's insane. Like it wasn't until the, the fourth quarter that they finally got positive yardage. And that was, you know, a key to a lot of those sacks and, and just the ability to be able to get behind the line of scrimmage and, and, and really just take away everything that Arizona State was trying to do. So for me, obviously. And, the- and Emory Jones had, had gone throughout the, the first three games of a season. Granted, they were against Eastern Michigan and Northern Arizona. But the one game, at least against Oklahoma State, he had yet to throw an interception. And he ended up throwing two. Uh, one was a, just an excellent read by Clark Phillips. who just sat on the route, saw it coming. And, and credit to film study because he knew the route structure he knew the play and he bit on it right as it was developing and was able to get the intercept easy interception the other one was uh uh cole bishop just made a play i think the ball was a little bit behind the intended receiver and bishop was able to 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 make a play on it so i credit to utah's defense for uh really putting arizona state on the defensive and they really couldn't adjust throughout the game they really like you said weren't able to get into any sort of rhythm until the fourth quarter when and let, let's be honest, Utah's second and third string was out there. So, um, yeah, that's a, it was a positive win. And it, it was, it may not look at it like as dominant on the scoreboard. You know, everybody looks at, well, 34 to 13. It's like, yeah, you won, but you didn't win. Convinced that that game was never that close. Not even close. Um, I mean, when you kick three field goals that easily could have been touchdowns, that game could have easily been 50 something to 13. So, well, and, and Utah, uh-huh. admittedly, they were a little bit more aggressive than we've seen Kyle do most of the times, right? Like he he challenged a lot of opportunities and would go for it on fourth down, and and, and he's gotten more aggressive over the years with an offense that he feels uh, that is is in capable hands with Cam and then with Andy Ludwig. Um, but but you're seeing, you know, those opportunities aren't always going to go on your side, right? You're going to have a turnover on downs because of that. You're 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 choosing to not get three points instead to hopefully get the six points, you know, and and trying to do that. So. it's interesting, right? I think, you know, you have one of those scenarios in the red zone where it's a false start that takes you out of play. Uh, That's really hard. Uh, You know, sometimes I think, you know, coaches get a little, uh, they they kind of psych themselves out a little bit and try to get too cute down there and, and, and try to do different things. It's not just Utah. That's every team in the country. You get down to the red zone, things shrink. It's much harder to be able to get in there. I, I know a lot of people just want, okay, go put in a fullback, go get your running back, and just you know, run it up the middle and and uh, score the touchdown, leap over the the line, whatever you want to do. But it's it's not quite that easy. And I think there's there's opportunities there. There's definitely one opportunity that that Cam missed. I think in that one, Jaquindon Jackson was in at running back at that time, and he rolled out kind of on a wheel route uh, type thing that. Uh, he could have had him, right? He could have walked into the end zone and, and had a touchdown. And, and, and those are things that, you know, it, it's hard. That as as the, the, the opportunities shrink in, in that time, also so does the speed because you've got to do it fast. And so it's not always easy to be able to see some of those things. But coming off of that, I mean, I think kind of jumping into that, Jaquindon Jackson comes in there in the backfield. He, he steps in as a, as a running back. That's a, that's a change that was kind of... Uh, a surprise to a lot of people there was rumblings coming into the game that that was going to happen that he was going to get some snaps at running back and uh, he did well I mean it, it wasn't perfect by any means he's got a lot to learn and and it's been a while since he's played the running back position 
But to be able to come in there and to be able to be effective and, and just to be able to get opportunities on the field, that's, 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 you know, something that he told us yesterday. He says he found his joy again. I mean, that's, you can read the full article today on KSL.com about what he said, but it's an opportunity for him to just get on the field, right? Like you can be the third string quarterback and you continue to do the right things and, and do everything that way, but he wants to play, right? And and he should. There's a lot of assets that are, there's a lot of skills that he has that are an asset to the team and they've found it, right? Like you don't need him to be a quarterback. You you can need him to be a runner and, and be dynamic that way. So I don't know. What do you what do you think of that change? Do you think that this is effective for Utah? Do you think this is, is kind of unnecessary? What, where, where are you kind of at with that? Hey, I'm all on board. I, I think that uh, um, you, the season could be such a grind. And I think that uh, to find some sort of bright spot as a player to kind of keep you going forward, to keep you through the film sessions, to keep you going through the practices, through through everything it might be. I mean, if it was me, I just want to get out on the field. And we, and he he's also played special teams, if I'm not mistaken. So he has tried to find as many opportunities to get onto the field as possible, and he's taking advantage of it. And I think it's it's kind of a a role model to um, to to younger players going up in the game. It's like, would you rather be second or third on the depth chart or would you rather just play and get out on the field? It may not be your um, position of choice, but I think that at the end of the day, um, most players would want to play. And I think that this is a cool opportunity for him. Granted, it's not the ideal circumstances. You you never want to be, you know, the guy coming in just because of an injury or whatever it might be. Um, And uh, Utah's already lost a few uh, guys to season-ending injuries, and you hate to see it happen. But for Jaquindon, he's taking advantage of the opportunity that's placed before him. And it's pretty cool to see, and like he, and and he he's doing well with it, right? Like so, he didn't have like the deer in the headlights. Um, look like he almost took that first carry that he uh, got into to the house and so that was cool to see um, but the the one thing is just the running backs in general is the production just wasn't the same when Tavion wasn't out there mm-hmm. and that's something that uh, coach Ganter is going to have to address is how can we be just as productive when it's our twos and threes versus our number one guy because uh, Tavion there was a noticeable difference especially in those second and third and short um and that, and that's not a knock on Jalen Glover or Jaquindon or you know anybody else. It's just when you need a yard and the defense knows what's coming and they're adjusting. Can your offensive player just simply overpower them? And Tavion has that skill set to be able to do that. Jaquindon's young. Uh, same with uh, Jalen. I mean, to come in and to start as a freshman. I mean, that's. That's saying something, and he did fairly well. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that he'd be the first to admit that there's things that he needs to work on in his game, you know, being able to fight through those tackles and keep his legs churning, that sort of thing. But uh, they did well, and they didn't make any mistakes, and that's what you like to see from a young position group is just don't make mistakes. Don't put the ball on the turf. Um, And uh, the other things you can clean up. You can clean up the – you know, the patience in the running lane and kind of letting the blockers kind of do the dirty work and then letting the play develop and then taking advantage of it. But uh, I thought, I thought for overall, it was a solid game against a, uh, an opponent that was obviously reeling and uh, they've got some issues that they need to figure out, but the season officially begins this Saturday against Oregon state and it gets a tough 
tough team that took UCLA or sorry, USC to the wire. And for all intents and purposes should have won that game. And they're looking at that. It's a lot like the Utah versus Florida game. Utah outplayed Florida for most of the game uh, outside of a handful of plays where they just didn't make it or the interception late in the game um, should have won the game. So you Oregon state's in the same position that Utah was a few weeks ago. So we'll see how they respond on, um, in you know, in a week's notice, having to go on the road to a Rice Eccles Stadium um, that's going to be amped up, I feel like, um, to try to keep these Utes, Utes rolling in conference play. Yeah, I think this is one of those opportunities that uh, Utah can really kind of show who they are this week. Um, you, you know, even if you get past Oregon State with a, a close margin, I think that's still good. They're favored by, I think it's now 10 and a half, the, the line is. Um, but Oregon State's one of those teams that anybody that's paying attention knows that they're a good team, right? Years past, Oregon State comes to town on a, at a noon game. Rice-Eccles is going to say it's sold out based on the ticket sales, but it's it's hardly that, and, and a lot of people aren't going to be there. Um, I, I expect a little bit different outcome this time. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are excited for this game, if not for just the you know quote-unquote revenge game. I don't know if that necessarily plays into that kind of stuff much, but you're seeing a team that that is good, right? You're seeing a team that that has the talent that can go toe to toe with with some of these upper echelon teams. They're not quite to that level yet. I think Jonathan Smith is continually building that program, um, but they they laid the blueprint on how you beat USC, right? They didn't get the win, but now you're starting to see some flaws in different programs, and you're starting to see things that that people can kind of. Uh, poke at and try to see if they can get it. And I think this is a great opportunity for Utah to really cement their, their legacy this season, right? There there's this whole month is going to be that way, right? Like you said, you've got UCLA after that USC, Washington state, it, it doesn't get any easier, but this is kind of where they're at. They're ranked number 12th in the AP top 25. Um, I think people are still kind of hesitant of them. They're the top, you know, one lost team and people are saying, okay, what's their resume look like? Utah has, good wins they we expect them to be a solid team but are they really up there with those those teams that are are vying for a top 10 spot and it's hard to argue with right now in the sense of of who they've played right and i think that's that's always going to be there but i think this is where it's going to change that and not that oregon state's going to instantly make utah a top 10 team or that people are going to respect them more the only advantage is you do have them in the day game and so people can tune it on but it's on the Pac-12 network, so that changes things too. So I, I don't know. I think this is a great opportunity for Utah. Um, it's it's one of those games that, you know, we'll get to see what their defense is like against a team that's really going to be aggressive. What's the run game look like? The last few weeks, it's been good. I mean, they're getting close to 200 yards every single week. Um, but it, it like you mentioned, it hasn't really been this explosive game that, that maybe – Utah fans are familiar with. And, and and quite honestly, that may just be the the evolution of this Utah offense too, in the sense that Utah is trying to spread the ball around a little bit more and trying to get it to receivers or tight ends. And um, I think that's part of that fast play that they came out with. I, there was a much more tempo in that first half on Saturday where they were, you know, throwing the ball around, then they would go to a run and then they do different things. And it made it fun, right? I mean, you had a reverse flea flicker that, that kind of really worked well and, and set up Dalton Kincaid for his first touchdown and, um, I, I think the sky's the limit for this offense right now. I think they're doing well. Um, I think, but I think this will this will be a great test for them. Let's go through uh, the Pac-12 recap from last week. We had the first game of the week was UCLA taking on a hapless Colorado team, and this one the was not worst. even close. Dorian Thompson Robinson throws for two thirty four, only four incompletions, two touchdowns. 
is Colorado going to win a game this season? And if so, when does it come? Because no, no. I don't, I just don't see it at this point. Their, their mascot is literally playing solitaire while they're, they're driving on the field. Like usually that's kind of the insult. Like you're, you're defeating a team so much that the mascot's over there playing solitaire because he's not playing the game. Instead, they're getting beat so much that the, the mascot is doing like you're trolling your own team, but that's just where they're at. Like this is a terrible, terrible team. I I just, I don't know. I don't know where you go from there. I don't know what's going on. It's too bad because it's a great venue. But on the flip side, UCLA, we don't know anything really about them. They're an undefeated team. They're 4-0, and we don't know anything about them because their whole schedule has been cupcake schedule. Their hardest game was South, uh, Southern Alabama, if I remember, South Alabama, whatever that is. Um, and, and they're good. They're a 3-1 team. But there's there's nothing to show us that UCLA is a great team. And, and I think that's kind of the disservice that we have. By the time that Utah plays UCLA, it may be the very first time that we actually get to see who UCLA is. So uh, I, we, we actually get the chance this week when they play Washington. That's fair. So that's that's, fair. Uh, that's, that's going over our KSL Pick'em games is they have to go. Let me check to make sure to see where that is. They get to play Washington at home in the Rose Bowl. And you can get tickets at your local Costco for $55. <laughs> you can 50 get bucks a 10 pack or whatever it is, right? So, yeah, attendance at the Rose Bowl has not been good, but we'll see how they do uh, at, You know, hosting an undefeated uh, opponent um, in Washington. So um, the, the next game was the number 15 Oregon taking on Washington State and Pullman. I think we learned quite a bit uh, about both of these teams. We mm-hmm. learned about Oregon's resiliency and being able to fight through adversity. Uh, but we also learned that Washington State's not, it's not going to be a rollover for any of these conference teams. Washington State's a phenomenal team, and their defense, I mean, you saw what they did the last few years. They can turn over the ball, right? Like, they force teams into really uncomfortable situations and, and make it difficult on them. And they did the same to Oregon. I mean, they, quite honestly, I felt like Washington State was the the better team on the field that night. But like you said, Oregon was resilient and found a way to win. I, I, I still like what Washington State's doing. That's one of those games where you're looking back on and you're a little frustrated that, you know, you didn't win. And and there was some some refereeing snafus in there as well and different things where they lost track of the the downs and, and caused some problems that way. Um, I remember watching the game and, and one of the – one of the coaches looks over at the ref and he's like, see, that's the wrong call. Like that's not the right down. And they just kind of blew him off. And I I don't know, that kind of stuff is really frustrating to me, especially on games that are going to be close, right? Like if that happens at Utah, Arizona state, not saying that that couldn't change the tide, but that game was never really in doubt, but in games that matter, that's really frustrating. But uh, like you said, I think we learned a ton about both of these teams. I think both are, are really solid. Both still have, you know, they have their own flaws like every team does, but I think you're going to see a much more competitive Pac-12, especially in that middle of the conference this year, especially with Oregon State and Washington State really, uh, really growing. Uh, next up, we have Cal that uh, just absolutely found an offense all of a sudden. So breaking news, Cal has found an offense. They put up 49 uh, in a 49-31 to 31 win over Arizona. Uh, they started the game off with a 73-yard run and really never looked back. Um, is this just Arizona has a lot more to, to work on or has Cal suddenly found the secret recipe that they've been missing? Cause they've always been pretty decent on, on defense, but their offense hasn't been in good in, in quite some time. Yeah. I think it's maybe a little bit more that Cal found something. It's the Ot kid. Um, I think he's a freshman if I'm not mistaken, 
Um, and, and sometimes those things happen, right? You don't know what you have until they have a breakout game and then suddenly it works. He had uh, four touchdowns or something like that, I think it was. And I mean, he, he had a dominant performance. And I, I think that goes to just being able to find somebody that's going to be the playmaker. I still like what Arizona's doing. I think in some ways that that tampered expectations a little bit of who they, they were at the beginning of the season. That's not to say that they're bad by any means, but I think there's still areas where they need to grow. And uh, I, I, I'm excited to see how it works. I, d- I don't think Cal's going to be able to do this on a consistent basis. I think, you know, maybe they they got, I don't want to say they got lucky because I don't think that's the case. I think Cal can be a really good team. I just think this was one of those weeks that everything lined up, the matchup worked, and they found a dynamic player that was able to do some great things. So, uh, once again, I think these are some great teams. Great, I wouldn't call it good teams that uh, that are going to make just the Pac-12 that much harder. You, you can't sleep on them, but I don't think they're quite up to that next level. We have four teams in the AP Top 25 from the Pac-12, one of them being Washington. They beat up on uh, as Stanford goes down once again, 40 to 22 Michael Penix jr. With two touchdowns over 300 yards passing uh, this Washington team is, I mean, that they have a win over Michigan state. They've got some good wins on their resume. Are they for real or are we going to get a reality check when they face UCLA this week? That see, and that's two teams that I, I don't know if they're real yet. Right? Like, they obviously had a phenomenal game against Michigan state, but then you go see Michigan state get trucked the, the next week as well. And that doesn't necessarily give you a ton of confidence that, that Washington has it all figured out. So, you know, I mean, I was listening to uh, John Wilner and John Canzano's podcast the other day, and they call both of these teams, the, the pretenders, right? One of them had UCLA as a pretender and the other, I think it was uh, Wilner had Washington as a pretender. I think this is going to be one of those games that kind of, determines who is the better team. Obviously, somebody's got to win, but I think what kind of trajectory these teams are going to have. Was UCLA's schedule just all fluff and they didn't have anything, or are they going to be a good team? You know, Washington's a similar scenario, other than they've had a win over Michigan State, but uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I think this one could be a really solid game, could be a lot of fun, and at least it gives us an idea of where these two teams are now that we're, what, five weeks into the season. Uh, the last game, and we've talked about it a little bit briefly, but I want to get your opinion on both of these teams. We had U, uh, USC outlasting Oregon State 17-14. Uh, to 14. It took a late 21-yard pass from Caleb Williams to Jordan Addison with uh, just about a minute 15 left in that game to put USC uh, out in front. Um, USC's defense caused four interceptions on Oregon State and you could argue that that was the deciding factor. So we're, uh, USC, we thought they were all just offensive football. They found a way to win on their defense. Are there is their defense it, – it's hard to say because we know that Oregon State doesn't have this prolific, prolific offense, but has USC finally found their defensive solution to when they face some of these top-tier Pac-12 teams, or was this just an anomaly? I, I don't know if it's quite an anomaly, but I don't know if it's it's going to last, right? I mean, I think if you look at it, they're like something like plus 14 in the, the turnover margin. Uh, they've yet to, to to throw an interception this year, um, but they've pulled down an incredible amount of turnovers and, and, and have done a phenomenal job with that. I just, I just don't know if that's going to be sustainable in that respect. I don't know if the defense is just that good or... Uh, maybe opportunistic and they get what they need. Uh, quite honestly, you know, Oregon State's his quarterback, Chance Nolan. He's a good quarterback, but he's not great. And so some of those mistakes, they're, you know, 
that happens. And, and other than that, I mean, Oregon state, maybe you throw one less pick and, and that game is, is on their side. So look, I, I, I'm not quite ready to buy uh, USC's defense yet. Obviously their offense can be a, you know, world-class offense and, and be this phenomenal uh, team. But I, I think we're starting to see that there are flaws there, right? Lincoln Riley isn't just going to go into to Los Angeles and just roll through the Pac-12. There's there's going to be these games where uh, USC should have won or they should have won at a larger margin and and they don't do well. So, um, I look, I I don't know. I I'm curious to see how this how this this helps them move forward, right? Does USC use this as an opportunity to say, okay, we need to get better in these areas? Or does this is this more indicative of who they are? Quite honestly, I think it might be a little bit more indicative of who they are, especially in the trenches. You know, they're, they're getting blown up hard. They're getting people that can get through them a little bit. Um, and, and Caleb Williams' time in Pac-12 isn't necessarily just going to be this all-offensive uh, threat. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I feel like uh, everything, every game that you've gone through here, I feel like I keep having questions about, and I keep saying, well, we'll find out, we'll find out. But that's just the nature of it, right? We're in week five. We're, we're in a scenario where we're finally getting into Pac-12 play. The cupcake schedules in terms of your non-conference games are mostly gone. You don't have a lot of that stuff unless you're counting Colorado and maybe even Stanford or Arizona State at that level. But you're starting to finally see the level of where these teams are getting. And I think this is where we're, you know, week five, week six, this is where we're actually finally learning what these teams are like and what sustainability they have. And that includes Utah. Like we we saw it against Florida where they came up just one play short, but uh, Florida hasn't turned out to be as good as we uh, anticipated. They lost. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, they were losing to Tennessee. They came back and made a game of it, um, uh, losing by only like five. So. Uh, it, they're not a bad team, but they're not, uh, they're not, no longer in the top 25. Uh, but then we didn't really learn much against Southern Utah, against Arizona State, San Diego State. Utah was just physically superior to both of those or all three of those opponents. So we'll see, we'll get a really good indication on Saturday. We'll preview Oregon State a little bit deeper later on in this week. But the, the one thing that I will take out from that USC game is that Travis Dye was able to get 133 yards on the ground on 19 carries. So if Tavion T- uh, Thomas um, can stay in Kyle Whittingham's good graces and play the full game, whatever it might be, I'm not going to make any assumptions there but uh, if he can play the full game i think that it could be uh, a really good running um a chance to establish the run game for utah here in this one so we'll preview it a little bit more coming up in the week but uh, that's that's one thing that i would keep an eye on is how tavion thomas is able to do against oregon state's defense yeah i think that's the big key and and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how that works tavion has to be tavion right like he has to learn kind of his role and that's what the coaches are trying to get out of him right now. So I think it'll be interesting. It'll be a great opportunity, but uh, I think it'll, it'll be fun and we're going to, we're going to check it out uh, later this week. So thanks for uh, listening in again this time uh, to our podcast. Uh, Go give us a a review on your favorite podcast platform. Once again, chat us, let us know what you want to hear, what we want, what you want to talk about. Um, We're happy to have any, any type of feedback there, but We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in each time and and listening to us, and uh, we will catch you again in a couple days. Have a great one.